like right now, I'm really sad. I lost um, a really close friend of mine to the disease of alcoholism. And yet I'm still really grateful to um, have known her and to have this program to come to. So even when I am going through things that are very difficult, if I can have even just like an ounce of gratitude in my day, it just makes it go by a little bit easier. Welcome to The Recovery Show. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with a seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. Today, we're going to talk about gratitude. You know, that feeling of thankfulness for what the universe has given you, that feeling that might have been in really short supply for you recently, that feeling that can change your whole day if you let it. Before we begin, we would like to state that though we and our guests may be in a 12-step program, we represent ourselves rather than the program. During this show, we will share our own experience as it relates to the topic of gratitude. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope that you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Swetha, and I will be your host today. Joining me is co-host Spencer. How are you today, Spencer? I'm doing really well, thanks. Great. Next to Spencer is special guest host Kate. How are you today, Kate? I'm a little sad, but I'm very grateful to be here. Good, I'm glad. And we also have a special guest host, Patrick. How are you, Patrick? I'm doing pretty good. Good. So the first segment of today's episode of The Recovery Show will be our discussion of the topic gratitude. Following a musical break, we will talk about our lives in recovery, about what's happening in the meetings we attend and in our lives. We will follow that with brief news about the podcast before closing with another musical break. I'd like to start with a reading out of um, our Al-Anon approved literature. It's called Courage to Change. Um, It's page 259, and it says, Night after sleepless night, I tossed and turned and worried. Why couldn't I sleep? What was the matter with me? My life was stressful, but no more so than usual. I tried hot milk, reading in bed, soft music, even a visit to the doctor, but I still couldn't get more than a few hours sleep. I was in panic. I spoke about my concerns in an Al-Anon meeting, and another member related a similar problem. What had helped him was to accept the situation fully and admit that he was powerless to make himself sleep. In retrospect, he said, his sleeplessness had been a blessing. It had kept him too tired to get into trouble. I realized that the same was true for me. Instead of worrying compulsively about a loved one's sobriety, watchful and nosy despite many attempts to mind my own business, lately I've been too tired to be overly involved in anything that wasn't my concern. I'd often prayed to be released from my obsessive worry, and now, in an unexpected way, my prayer seemed to have been answered. Today's reminder, my higher power's gifts sometimes take unusual forms. Perhaps something I regard as a problem is really a form of assistance. Nothing is either good or bad. It's thinking that makes it so. William Shakespeare. As I said, my name is Swetha. I guess we can jump right into the topic of gratitude. Uh, Kate, I'm going to start with you, actually. How how do you feel gratitude? How do I feel gratitude? Um, It takes the form for me of looking at the positive things in my life. And generally, when I have a feeling of gratitude, like right now, I'm really sad. I lost um, a really close friend of mine to the disease of alcoholism. And yet I'm still really grateful to um, have known her and to have this program to come to. So even when I am going through things that are very difficult, if I can have even just like an ounce of gratitude in my day, it just makes it go by a little bit easier. Oh, okay. Mm. 
I'm sorry to hear about your friend, Spencer. Well, you know, I was thinking about you know, sort of a practice of gratitude, and that is something I really didn't have mm-hmm. in my life for a long time. You know, people would talk about, yeah, Thanksgiving, we sit down and we go around the table, we all talk about what we're grateful for. And I was like, that sounds awful. And I don't know why I thought that, but <laughs> that's what I, that was not something I wanted to do. I think that was sort of like, would be exposing too much of myself or something. But also, I, just, I think I just didn't really... I felt like it had to be something special to feel gratitude, to Mm. feel grateful for something happening. And and so I don't think I felt it very often. Mm. Uh, And I think about it now, after some years in the program and and really coming to understand that to a large extent it's something I can choose to feel. Uh, As you were saying, Kate, you know, you can can choose to uh, sit in the sorrow over what happened recently, or you can feel gratitude for, um, you know, the things that you had. Rather, and and there's a choice there, and I really didn't understand that at first. And I would hear people say things like, you know, I'm grateful that I have an alcoholic in my life that got me to Al-Anon, and I would think you're crazy. Mm. You know, yeah, I'm here, okay. I didn't want to be here. Well, I do now, but back, back then... So how do I, but how do I feel gratitude is, you know, sometimes I can just, I can look at, at say, you know, the, the sky and, and the blue sky with the sun in it, which is so rare around here these days. And, and just feel this, this sort of warmth, this, this feeling of goodwill, this feeling of, of contentment that it is. Mm. So that, that's one thing. It's, I would have to think about sort of specific instances. Of feeling, and I think because I think it expresses itself differently in me, but it it is something that I can I can often bring up now. At Thanksgiving this year, I woke up early. Everybody, well, the only other person in the house was my wife, but everybody else in the house was asleep. Uh, you know, there used to be kids around, and so there's there's an everybody. The dog was sleeping at my feet, and uh, and I thought, you know, it's Thanksgiving, and and why don't I just sit down and do a gratitude list, you know, and, and I was going to do an alphabetical gratitude list, A through, A through Z. And so I started thinking about the things in my life that I was grateful for, and, and in particular the people in my life that I was grateful for, and their names, which I won't name here on the show, but my wife and my children and my brother and my sister and my parents and, um, and other close people in my life, and also things and and events. And it started out just as an exercise. It started out as, I'm going to do this thing because it's Thanksgiving. Mm. I don't think I was past F when I just started feeling this total, I, I can't describe it. it, I mean, this total sort of happy um, content, warm feeling throughout my whole body, and it just got more and more intense as I finished the list. It, it was a really a, an amazing experience for me. I don't think I'd ever got it to that level before. Um, and then, of course, I posted the list on Facebook because what else would you do with such a thing? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, what about you, Pat? How do you how do you how do you try to feel gratitude in your life, or how do you get in touch with that feeling? I guess uh, before I got in the program and whatnot. I just, I had the sense that like, 
for some reason, negative feelings were, were more real. Like, they were more authentic. Like, it was more real to, like, feel crappy about stuff and kind of criticize situations and and what have you. And that, like, being nice and happy was, like, kind of fake. Um, and I look at people that, like, seem like they were nice and happy, and I just thought they were fake. But, you know, I didn't realize, like, the extent to which I was actually, like, participating in my world and my feelings. And, you know, or, or okay, so let me pull back, actually, like, then I thought it was just up to me to like cultivate whatever feelings I wanted at the time. And so then I just do and say whatever I think would make me feel good. And I found that that just doesn't work in the end. You know, I, I end up feeling like wanting more and, uh, you know, the actual like grateful feelings for me are like a product of like good living. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I do feel grateful and I find that like, you know, making gratitude lists can kind of shift the way I'm thinking about things. But more often than not, that like, it's just sort of a byproduct of like good living and all of a sudden I'll just find myself just surprised to be looking at something in a, a totally different, really nice way. And, uh, you know, someone told me that like, like gratitude is something that you do. It, it can be something you feel, but it's like something you do. So if you're grateful for like your girlfriend, you do, you just do nice, you, you express that gratitude. And, you know, it, if I can find myself coming from a good place when I do actions and do keep other people's well-being in mind, you know, without, without any expectation, I just do the good action. Yeah, I do find that like I can just go to sleep and feel good about life. You know, just feel like well, whatever's happening in my life, I'm bringing a, a good spirit to it. Thanks. I really resonated with a couple of things you said, and actually a couple of things that Kate said. I, actually, growing up, we, my mother would get really frustrated if we said anything positive. She just felt like it was bad luck. She's very superstitious. She was. She said, you know, if we, if you do, if you start start talking about all the positive things, you know, somebody will cast an evil eye on you, and then that positive thing will go away. So don't talk about it. We don't talk about the good things in case, you know, it'll go away because of the evil eye. <laughs> so growing up, we we didn't really get complimented. We really didn't get. Um, we didn't really talk about the good things. We didn't really talk about the bad things. I don't really. Now that I think about it, what did we <laughs> talk about? Jeez. Um, but that that was just that's just how it was like it, we we always heard when something bad was happening or if we did something wrong but we very rarely heard that we were doing something good so it was very um it was like no news is good news we just don't talk about these things and so when i came to uh the program and someone told me to do a gratitude list i, th- I thought those i felt bla- i felt like it was blasphemous i was like but then all of those things <laughs> will go bad and uh, and really the bad feelings felt more real like it's it growing up in that household i just i think i felt more that we have to focus on and fix the bad we just don't talk about the good if it's perfect is the baseline and all we do is talk about the bad stuff until we get to baseline so gratitude was just the opposite of that actually and and i th- i think that i also felt that actually recently i was dealing with a fear of losing my dog. I thought my dog, uh, the, so- the doctor, I think I mentioned this before, but the doctor told me that my dog had cancer. She would die within a year. That was going to be it. And I started feeling kind of angry and upset. And then I talked I talked to a few people in the program 
And I, I realized the reason I felt angry and upset was because I felt entitled <laughs> to having my dog for at least another, you know, five to 10 years at least. And, and that I felt like that was being stolen away from me. And after reaching out to people in the program, I realized that that's, that's completely not, that's not a way that I would have been able to keep my serenity. It wasn't necessarily how I looked at it after I talked to you guys. I felt that, I felt that I was given three years, not, that 10 years were stolen from me and with my dog. And yeah, that's, I think it's just reaching out to people and just having that shift in perspective changed everything for me in that way. But I, I kind of want to talk about that a little bit more. So when you guys, I mean, for me, when I felt angry, I, or resentful, I reached out to people in the program to, to get around to feeling that gratitude, to get around to, uh, getting in, in touch with my serenity again how do you how do you guys handle dealing with resentment and anger or how does gratitude help you when you're feeling resentment anger fear shame Kate so last night I got a phone call from a close friend that that one of our mutual friend had overdosed and died and instantly I felt angry at her at, at your friend who died? Or the at family? my friend who died. Right. I felt, um, I'll get to how I felt about my friend who told me. <laughs> and uh, I had questions like, I, I felt angry at God. Um, this was somebody who was a huge part of my life for two years and had been struggling for the last three years. And I felt angry at her angry at her boyfriend. I mean, I just was angry at everybody. I felt like I'd been punched in the stomach. Mm-hmm. And and the first thing I did when I hung up the phone was call somebody else in the program. And it was like that happened without me even doing anything. I mean, the next thing I knew, I was talking to somebody. Um, and then I called another person. And and slowly that feeling of anger was replaced with a feeling of gratitude f- first for the person who called me and told me that I didn't have to find out, you know, on some social media site or from someone that I, I didn't even know. And I also just felt grateful that I had this support network of people who would point out to me you know, that my anger and my sadness, not so much the sadness, but mostly the anger was a little bit, it was a little bit selfish. It was that feeling of, of being entitled to having this person. And, and that, that feeling of anger is, it's still there a little bit, but, but I can be grateful that I have this, this community of people to reach out to, this program to turn to that, I can I don't have to sit and wallow in my grief and sadness that I have that choice to to come to this podcast and and to express gratitude and and to know that I can be grateful even if I'm angry or feeling resentment or or feeling sadness or loss. So, I mean, gratitude for me it helps at this point right now just to balance out a little bit of that feeling of anger. But that was an overwhelming sense of, you know, getting text messages from people who didn't even know my friend saying, you know, we love you, we're here for you. 
Wow. Thanks, Kate. And I hadn't thought about this idea that, that, and obviously it's true, but that you would, you'd be able to have sort of both feelings at the same time. And, and it's not that the gratitude's driving out the anger. It's not driving out the sadness, but it's, it's helping to balance it. My example is uh, of a much lighter nature. And it's, it's actually, it's the first time that I recall consciously letting a feeling of gratitude change the rest of the day for me. And, and, and I'll tell the story. I was at a meeting. I was before a meeting. I was talking to a friend and I was complaining about how my loved one had relapsed and was drinking again. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know if we were going to be able to keep on living this way, blah, 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 you know, just walla, 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 okay. And this friend said, okay, so did anything good happen today? And I said, well, I got a massage. And (laughs) it was a bright sunny day and the sun was sparkling on the snow and it was really beautiful. So, yeah, and just that sort of changed the focus from the shit that was my life, as I saw it at that moment, to a couple of good things. Just, I went from blah, 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 to, oh, hey, life's not so bad, life's good, life can be good. And, and I carried that, that same little bit of a glow for the rest of the day. And it, it was that simple. It was that simple. It was just reminding me to be grateful for something that, that my life was not all one-sided and that, and that I had a choice. Mm. I could choose to focus on the negative or I, and, and, and ignore the positive or I could see the positive and let that balance out the negative at least for a little while. And it did. Mm. It did take somebody else to put me there. Mm. And now, which is what eight or nine years later. Um, sometimes I can get myself there. I don't necessarily need another person. Sometimes I still do, and that's again, you know, what you said about being able to reach out to people to have somebody I can call and say, you know, I'm feeling really shitty right now. Can I talk to you for a minute? Mm. And uh, say, yeah, sure. And they'll just listen, and they won't tell me what I should do. They won't tell me that I'm wrong. They won't tell me that I'm right. Maybe either, but they'll just listen, and that's that's enough sometimes. Mm. Yeah. Can totally see what you're talking about, Spencer. What about you, Pat? Well, uh, so there's a there's a particular meeting I go to almost every week, and uh, at this particular meeting, there's just someone that drives me nuts week after week. And you know, I've tried the the usual tricks, so to speak, with the inventory and praying for the person using the SOB prayer. And, Could you explain uh, the SOB prayer for our listeners? You know, is you pray for the sons of bitches. <laughs> okay. oh my God. God help this son of bitch. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you, know, you, you turn the person over to, to the higher power and um, wish them all the good things that you would wish for, like, your best friend or your mother or something. Doesn't always shift right away, but, I mean, the idea is that, like, you know, something changes in the person doing the prayer. Where like, oh, just some changes you see a person in a different way, yada yada, it just stops affecting you. Anyway, so this has been persisting for months. And uh <laughs> and I don't know, it's almost like I was getting to a point where I just wanted to attack this like resentment head on. Like 
I'm totally over, you know, getting past the point where like, I think the other person just like the problem, but you know, I still want that feeling to go away and I don't want to have to change meetings because like, don't you know, like I'm, I ought to be there. <laughs> I could help people. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it. I'm a big part of the meeting. So, um, <laughs> Keep coming back, Patrick. <laughs> I hate when people say that shit too. <laughs> Literally. So anyway, so there's this one night, you know, I biked home from this meeting, you know, called a friend. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about the idea that like, all right, maybe this person is like a barometer for like how, what my spiritual condition's like, you know, yada, yada, yada. Okay. This shit wasn't working. And, uh, so he was like, what are you doing now? I'm like making macaroni and cheese. He's like, do you like macaroni and cheese? I'm like, I love this. I make two boxes and I, you know, I like it. You are like, okay, cool. And so we started talking about this and that. And we started talking about the Red Wings, which is our favorite, like, little topic of conversation and different prospects the Red Wings have and whatnot. And uh, so he's like, all right, well, you know, the game starts in, like, 10 minutes, and, you know, I'm probably only going to watch the first period, but you want to watch this game. So I head over there. We're watching the game. Before the game starts, he, like, takes out this telescope, this massive telescope, and we started, like, looking at Jupiter. And we could see, like, four moons on Jupiter, which... uh it's pretty cool. It's like one thing led to the next, and you know, I didn't even notice that the resentment was gone. But it's kind of like what Spencer was talking about: how like you can just you could just sort of make a shift. It's not you know to get to a better feeling place or whatever. Um, if that's what I want, you know, it's not always about attacking the problem like head on. You can just get in. You can just go find something that does bring you happiness or joy or whatever. Or uh, get interested in bringing joy to another um, person. I know it's Al-Anon. That's like a crime. It's kind of a crime to like think of other people's head. I'm just kidding. No, seriously. Like I, I did. There was another more brief example where like I went to a meeting. This guy was like talking about how he hadn't had a cigarette in seven days, and how he was like kind of freaking out and stuff. And uh, I was all kind of worried about like, well, what do I do? With, you know. Blah, blah, blah. I had just had like a litany of like worries or whatever for whatever reason. And I, same kind of thing where like I'd wanted, I'd been wanting these worries to go away and I'd written about them and I'd found my part and I prayed about them. I talked to my sponsor, yada, yada, yada. Just wanted to go away. I really wanted them to go away. And for whatever reason, I went up to this guy after the meeting and was like, with just the notion, like, I'm going to talk to this dude about, you know, something because he's smoking cigarettes can't stop smoking seven days it's pretty cool but and so he talked about all the you know how he's like freaking he's like oh my god it's all this part of this lifestyle thing it's like part of how you think and act and all this stuff and then i was like hey you want to like listen to what i'm worried about and he's like yeah that sounds great that sounds great and i told him and it like went it totally went away like all of it just went away and um i don't know it's just it's kind of funny to me how, like, you don't always, I, I don't always know, like, when the good feelings are going to come or whatever. And the harder I try to chase them, the more elusive they can be. Mm. But when I get out of the way a little bit and, either, you know, shift the focus or whatever, or get involved with something positive, it just, the problems just seem to take care of themselves. You know what I mean? My problems don't need to be fixed necessarily right away. Um, 
I so I I really liked everyone's share for this, this question, and I kind of feel like everyone sort of alluded to it, but uh, just. I just wanted to ask explicitly. So, so how do you guys feel like with once you feel gratitude in with uh, respect to a specific quote unquote problem or issue in your life? Does that mean that you guys just feel like your problems have gone away? Or you? Yes. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh! Tell me your secret, Pat. I, I need to know. Um, but yeah, so I mean, what does that what does that do for your problems? Do you just um, do you just do you address the problems differently? Like how how does that? How my does problem that... is me. Generally, generally speaking, my problem is my attitude and outlook on life. And wanting to feel better and wanting other people to help me feel better. Mm-hmm. When I get out of that space, like, there's almost no problems left. You know, most of the problems are ones that I make in order to fix the real problem, which is just, I got, you know, I'll have that feeling of incompleteness that, that I want um, fixed. You know, that's a good point. I mean, mm-hmm. The When I get into... The, the spiral of despair, the, the hamster wheel of frustration, whatever you want to call it. Oh, my God, what a mixed metaphor. The problem is me, okay? I mean, yes, I have, I have a problem that is obviously worrying me. There's some physical problem in the world, whether it's the woman who backed into my car the other day or my bank balance or my my son who was in the hospital or not this week okay but you know there's a problem mm-hmm. and generally by the time i get to this point i've done the things that i can do mm-hmm. up to then about the problem and because there's nothing more i can do right now then i go into this thinking this this wallowing this you know because i can't do anything but my mind is still going Mm-hmm. And so that's when the problem becomes me mm-hmm. and not the outside world. And mm-hmm. so what Patrick is saying here to me is when I get to there and the problem is me, then I can use these tools, whether it's gratitude list, prayer, talk to a friend, distract myself, but I have to recognize that I need to use the tool. And sometimes that's also hard. Right. Yeah, that's, I like that. Yeah, I I definitely can can appreciate that. I yeah, but Kate, were you were you going to? I was just going to agree with Patrick. Usually, once uh, once I have that feeling of gratitude, all my problems go away. Right. I'm just kidding. They don't go away. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, I I was going to say um, kind of on the same note as everybody else. You know, gratitude. I have to be reminded. It's not my natural state of being to feel mm-hmm. grateful. My natural state of being is to focus on the things I don't have or the things that aren't going right in my life. And and so it it comes in waves, gratitude. And, and it, it's a lot about what I'm doing in my life. And so I, I find that when I'm doing things to get outside of myself, when I'm not focusing on myself, whether that's going to a meeting coming to this podcast, meeting with the sponsee, just being of service in some way. Um, and it doesn't necessarily always have to be to Al-Anon mm-hmm. that I'm not focused on myself. I'm not focused on my own problems, whatever mm-hmm. those might be. And that gratitude just comes more naturally. Right. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I think 
and when I'm doing the actions, when I'm doing things to get outside of myself, sure, my problems kind of tend to, I don't want to say melt away, but they're not the forefront of my mind. Mm -hmm. It's only like when I'm just focusing on myself and all of the the terrible things in my life, mm-hmm. which my life is really good today, mm-hmm. that, you know, that is that that cycle sort of takes me away from gratitude. It's like right. doing things outside of myself that bring me closer to having that feeling of gratitude. And typically with gratitude lists, it's usually things that are outside of myself that I'm grateful for, mm-hmm. you know, mainly my dog. Yeah, I can appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, I really like what you were saying, Kate. I mean, when I'm feeling shame or anger or resentment or fear, it's always that I'm tackling this huge problem. I think I want to tackle <laughs> this huge problem that has usually has nothing whatsoever to do with me. And, and I see it as bad. I see whatever situation it is as really negative or really bad, and it needs to be different so it can be better, so that I can be happy. Um, but then when I when I do a gratitude list on usually that situation specifically and see the positive in that situation, then I'm able to not see it as bad. And like Patrick was saying, get out of my own way and and uh, then just do the next right thing. Because I mean, at that point, uh, once I feel, once I'm able to see the situation in a different perspective, uh, it's kind of like that quote we read from Courage to Change today where by William Shakespeare, nothing is good or bad, only thinking that makes it so. And then it's not a big problem that I have to fix and make the world better. Then it's just, okay, what do I have to do now? And for example, in the case of my dog, next thing I, I couldn't, if she had had cancer, I, I couldn't make it go away. Um, so the next thing I could do is take her to the doctor's appointment or just make sure that she's not running around too much on her leg or, or what have you. And when it was something that small, it was just, I'm grateful I could be of service in that way, in that one small way, which is all I really can do. So that really, that really helped me out a lot. Which kind of brings me to my next question. Spencer, I'm actually going to start with you on this question. I had only heard of this phrase, the, an attitude of gratitude, recently. And I like how a lot of things in Alan on rhyme, by the way, just to help you remember rhyme or have some alliteration thing going. But yeah, how, how do you, so how, what does that mean to you, Spencer? And how do you apply an attitude of gratitude in your life? Yeah, so I was, I was trying to find it in the literature, but the index was not helping me. <laughs> it had attitude and it had gratitude, but it didn't have them together. You know? <laughs> But the, uh, I mean, the, the, the premise is, as I understand it, okay, if I seek to find gratitude for things in my life, for the small things in my life, for the ordinary things in my life, I can be, I can be grateful that my bed is warm when I wake up in the morning. I can be grateful that my dog loves me. Um, I can be grateful for coffee. I can, I can be grateful for bigger things. I can be grateful that I have a, I have a job that I like. That if I practice gratitude, consciously practice gratitude, that it, it will become more of my sort of default attitude. You know, that I'll start seeing first the positive things and second the negative things instead of, you know, I think, I know my father is a fairly critical person. And so I must have learned when I look at something, I'm more likely than not to start to see the flaws, to see the things that are wrong with it rather than the things that are right with it. And that, you know, doesn't make necessarily for a happy life. 
and if I can see the things that are right with it first, you know, maybe I don't even have to go to what's wrong with it. Um, so I was, I, you know, since I, the literature didn't help me in the, in, in the brief time I had here, I, I went to Google because Google's my friend and I found this, this little quote and I actually like what it means, what it says. It says, in daily life, we must see that it is not happiness that makes us grateful, but gratefulness that makes us happy. Oh. And, and I know that that has played out in my experience that, you know, finding gratitude for things then brings on, can bring on a, a feeling of happiness. Um, but if I'm just, if I just, I, I, well, I can't make myself happy, like you said, Patrick, you know, um, I can't, I can't make these things change, but somehow, it, and you talk about gratitude being an action, and we talk uh, in this program, you know, uh, acting our way to right thinking instead of thinking our way to right acting. And, and if so, if gratitude is an action, and happiness is sort of thinking, then it, it makes sense that I can use gratitude to get me to happiness, but maybe not the other way around. So, yeah, attitude of gratitude. Uh, it, you know, it's one of those things you say, oh, attitude of gratitude, whatever. Um, but it works. Yeah. It works for me when I remember it, which is not always. <laughs> so that's when, that's when you can do phone calls and, and reach out. And if I remember to do that. If yeah. you remember to do that. <laughs> what about you, Patrick? How does, uh, what does attitude of gratitude mean to you and how do you apply it? Mm, yeah, probably just that uh, that observation that like you know the same set of conditions can be looked at two radically different ways, and uh, neither one's like more true. Like kind of what I was saying right at the beginning of the show that like you know my default coming in here was just that like the negative stuff was more real, um, and that happiness is fake. Well, it's both fake. No, no it's not real either way. You know, my perception of reality isn't like the capital our reality but it's my reality so what you know which is more useful you know what i mean why why be on uh why be on the dark side of the force or whatever you know what like what's the point like who who's it really making happy you know you know it gives me a sense of righteous indignation i guess i can get off on that for a little while but seriously i'll probably have a heart attack if i keep doing that shit forever <laughs> yeah that's all I got. I really like that, Patrick, using the force for good. Shout out to Star Wars, too. Um, <laughs> how about <laughs> I'm so glad you guys got that joke. I, I recently made a reference to the, the Hulk in one of my meetings, and everybody just kind of looked at me like, what is she talking about? What's happening? I got it. Oh, you, oh Spencer got it. Good, good. <laughs> okay. I used to read comics when I was younger. <laughs> Great. Not, my jokes aren't lost on anyone, um, on everyone, rather. How about you, Kate? What, how do you apply the attitude of gratitude? Okay, well, um, I mean, I can't really uh, expand on it too much more than, you know, what's been shared mm -hmm. other than I have a choice and mm -hmm. what my attitude is. I have that a choice of looking at the same situation. And I there are times, sure, where, um, you know, what I really want to do is just uh, be depressed and be sad and focus on all of the the shit going on. You know, the option today for me was stay in bed with the covers pulled over my head or meet my sponsee and come and do this podcast. Which, you know, which choice did I make that brought me closer to gratitude was doing doing the things that um that I had committed to and and that bring me 
closer, closer to my recovery. I find that when I put my recovery first, um, gratitude, it, it's just like this natural kind of state of being. Mm-hmm. Like, and my, that's sort of what my attitude is, is, oh, I'm grateful that I, I have a place to go where people can, you know, share honestly and nod their heads and, and we sort of all kind of speak the same language. But when I choose to like pull the covers over my head, gratitude's just not really with me. So I think it is, I mean, it is definitely an attitude. It's a choice that I make to feel maybe not necessarily always grateful for everything in my life, but if I can just find one thing to be grateful for, it certainly like shifts the, my attitude and outlook on things. I really love what you were saying about choices, Kate. I think that's what the program is, um, given me more than anything else. I used to walk around thinking I had no choices and even just the choice to be the choice that I can feel gratitude, uh, rather than feel depressed or resentful or fearful is I think just that choice is something I really am grateful for, even if I'm not always tuned into it. I, I, I thought of a couple more things. Oh, while go ahead. Talking. Um, you know, I, I, I also participate in another podcast, um, which is called Recovered. You can find it that at recoveredcast.com. And uh, that one is a more of an AA focus um, almost entirely. They let me sit in occasionally and give a little Al-Anon slant on things. But one of the things that, that they talk about frequently, we've been talking about prayer recently, and praying in the morning to make it through the day, and then praying in the evening, expressing gratitude for, for the day. You know, one, Joe, who, who's a frequent um, contributor on that podcast, that's part of his evening ritual, and, and, and he says, you know, it really, really helps him to decompress at the end of the day and to, to you know, go to bed with an attitude of gratitude um, and to sleep well. And uh, um, so I, I, thought of, I thought about that, and I thought about sort of my version of that since I still have trouble with the whole prayer thing. Um, and I should just do it and act my way into right thinking, but it's it's a... What's the thing? Routine. It's not in my routine yet. You know mm. what I mean. And uh, but what I have done when I'm I'm not able to get to sleep easily at night sometimes is is I'll use the the gratitude list. I usually use the alphabetical gratitude list just because it helps me to sort of organize. And could you just let us know for the listeners what the alphabetical oh, sorry, gratitude sorry, list yeah, is? Sorry. Yeah. So you know, I, I start with A and think of something that starts with A that I'm grateful for. Um, you know, in the fall that might be nice crisp, fresh Michigan apples, you know, mm. uh, or it might be air that I, I can breathe, um, particularly when I'm maybe a little stuffy, which seems to happen too much these days, uh, or it might be Al-Anon. Mm. Um, sometimes that's what I'm grateful for, you know, and then something with B and something with C, and mm. and I've done this a number of times, and I never get to Z before I fall asleep. Um, in fact, at least once I started at Z so I could try to think of things near the end of the alphabet because I never had the chance, you know what I mean? And uh, uh, and and I found not only does it help me get to sleep, just sort of, it, it's a conscious action. Making the list is an action, and at the beginning it might be very rote, but obviously it changes my attitude because whatever it was that was keeping me awake is is gone and I can go to sleep. I also find that when I do that, and this sort of suggests to me that making it a more regular practice might be good, I have better dreams. Mm. You know, I have, I won't say happier dreams, but it, it, the really weird dreams that I get sometimes, like, they don't happen when I do that, which is kind of interesting. Mm. Um, so a couple tools people might be able to apply. 
Awesome. Um, do you, uh, Kate, Pat, do you guys have any last thoughts? Um, well, I was thinking that, uh, the, the attitude of gratitude isn't my natural state either. And it's not, I mean, I've just about given up on just trying to think myself some happy thoughts and just to think happy thoughts and get there and now I'm happy. So, uh, for me, it, uh, you know, if that's the way I want to feel, then I'm gonna have to do something. And, um, you know, there, there's one experience that I had where uh, I took a trip with some friends. Um, and we had we rented basically rented a beach house. We had everything. We had people cook for us, do our laundry. We were right on the beach. That wasn't it. Just wasn't cutting it for Patrick. And uh, you know, I just look outside and be like, "This is insufficient." <laughs> <laughs> and, this is insufficient. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Remember what he said about where the problem is? Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is probably a really good illustration. So, um. Kate, are you okay? <laughs> You're explode with laughter over there. So, I, at that time, I had been going to meetings for about a year. And, um, but it's almost like I, you know, I, I didn't realize it, but I was leaning so heavily on that daily dependence of going to a meeting and talking about my crap and then feeling better that I wasn't really doing as much of the stuff as I was talking about. And really, I got to say my whole, my life really took off at that point as a result of this trip. You know, I started doing all the crap they actually say to do. And like that includes, you know, basically hitting my knees whether I feel like it or not making an actual inventory of the way I actually feel, not just kind of BSing myself into thinking happy thoughts. Right now, how I literally actually feel about everyone, finding my part and so forth. Making daily amends to wrongs. And, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be a conversation. Look, I apologize. Though, so I was, I'm sorry I had a bad attitude. Or who cares? You know, just you can shift it to have a good attitude toward a person. Treat people nicely. You don't have to tell them that you're going to do that because you've been a, 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 a jerk before. You know, there there was a pile of laundry and like, you know, every day, you know, my friends would go uh, out and I would stay at the the art, the house. And it's, I didn't like choose to. I was like, well, it sounds bad, but every day I got a massage. It was part of a medical treatment, <laughs> you know, not so. Oh, I'm God. just kidding. So I was getting these massages every day. It's part of like this treatment thing. I just looked at that pile of laundry and I was like, I'm going to choose to f- fold this pile of laundry out of like a sort of act, some kind of action and not tell anyone about it. Obviously I'm breaking that now, but dude, something totally changed. Like my attitude toward these people totally changed because in my head and in my heart, like I knew that I was doing something nice, you know, and that really made a difference for me. Like instead of just trying to think happy thoughts and go around to me, it just feels uh, semi-delusional to just try to think happy thoughts and then operate. It just it it doesn't feel authentic. But if I can do things to where I feel like like I'm I have integrity and I'm operating from a good, honest place, then I do have an attitude of gratitude and I do feel well about the people around me. But you know, especially in the beginning, it required me to go way out of my way to do things that I had never really considered doing before. So that's what I got. Thanks. That was that was great. Thanks, Patrick. I really, I really love that. Everything you guys were saying, um, service, reaching out, making a choice to feel gratitude rather than 
um, focusing on the negatives. Uh, that, was, that was really great. Thanks for the shares. Um, after a short break, we'll be back with our lives in recovery, where we talk about our meeting, the meetings that we attend, and what's happening in our lives. And now, Pat, what what are we going to be listening? Oh yeah, to? this is uh, Sly and the Family Stone singing. Uh, thank you for letting me be myself again. But we noticed when we were looking at the title that it's actually thank you for letting me. That's kind of one word. And then be mice elf like the rodent, and then the uh, the midget Christmas creature. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So it almost has that kind of Zen quality of like, whoa, thank you for letting me be, and then mice elf, just two like crazy things. Thank you for the mice, thank you for the elves. Man, who knows? I don't know what they were thinking and when they put the song together. I don't know what Sly and the Family Stone is like. They could all be drug addicts. They could be like saints. But here's a fun song. section of the podcast, we talk about our lives and recovery. What's happening in our meetings and our lives this week? Spencer? Yeah, okay. Um, my week was a, a little different than usual, although I, I started out the week uh, with the participation in the Recovered Podcast where we talked about the third step prayer. To some extent, we talked about step three in general also. And for those who aren't familiar with the third step prayer, it is in the big book. And the line that, that I remember from it um, is, uh, relieve me of the burden of self because that's what I need to have happen. Um, my burden of self is my need to control everybody else in my world, and, uh, and I need to be relieved of that on at least a daily basis, if not more often. Wednesday night, uh, just for today meeting, our lead was about the fourth step, um, because we're doing the steps on the second Wednesday of the month each, uh, each month this year. You know, I don't remember a whole lot about um, about what was said, um, except that it, it felt like a good meeting. Um, mm -hmm. I, we had just come off recording you know, a podcast episode about step four. So I guess it didn't add a whole lot to it for me. 
Could you just remind any new listeners what step four is? Fourth step is the inventory step. Uh, Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Yeah, thanks. Okay, thank you. Um, I did not make it to the Friday night meeting. I had a conflict. And then yesterday, which was Saturday, because who knows when you're actually listening to this podcast, (laughs) I I volunteered to be a delegate for my church to our regional uh, annual assembly where we vote on stuff. And I had another reason for going down there, which was to attend a workshop about about our youth uh, ministry because I'm I'm involved in that and I, there's some changes coming and I wanted to have some idea of what's what's going on. So because of the thing Friday night, I ended up driving 250 miles Saturday morning to be there by 8:30 for the opening worship, and then I was there all day. We had uh, had some talks, we had a business meeting and uh, the workshop, and then another worship, and then I drove 250 miles home. Uh, so it made a long day. Uh, from about 3.30 in the morning until 10.30 in the evening. But it was a really good day. You know, talk about being grateful for, for things. I could be, oh, my God, I had all this driving. It was horrible. Um, you know, the driving was okay, and I had music to keep me company and awake. And I'm grateful that I stayed awake, too. But I was really grateful to hear some of the things that were said there. There were a couple things that were said that kind of blew my mind wide open and, and left it shattered in smithereens, and they, I still haven't gathered them all back up. Um, and I'm going to be processing some of those things for a while. Um, not related to the program, but uh, definitely related to my spirituality and my spiritual practice, um, which I did not have before I came to Al-Anon. And so, you know, that's something I'm grateful to Al-Anon for. I'm grateful, you know, people say this, I am grateful that my alcoholic's disease got to the point where I realized I was crazy and needed help, and I found Al-Anon. Mm. All right. Um Kate? Yeah, this week I went to a meeting on Sunday night where we um, we read out of the AA 12 and 12. And the first week of the month it is a discussion of um, the traditions. So we talked about tradition four. Um, what I really got out of that was, uh, well, two things. One, uh, they talk about how not to take yourself so seriously. And the other thing I got out of it was just to be grateful that each group is um, autonomous and that I, I've i gone to meetings where I've left with like a pretty negative feeling about that meeting. However, that feeling doesn't carry over to the other meetings that I go to strictly because each group, you know, is its own entity and gets to make decisions for the group, uh, you know, as long as they don't really necessarily impact, like, the the message of, of AA or Al-Anon as a whole. On Monday, I had my AWOL group where we discussed, uh, we're on step four, which is the inventory step. We're working out of the blueprint for progress, and we are, like, making our way through it. <laughs> and we talked about maturity, which was really interesting for me because, I realized in the last five years, I've had to grow up quite a bit. Um, I felt like I walked through the doors of, um, you know, 12-step program, the age of 25 with the maturity of like uh, pretty much a 12-year-old, which is when I started using. So it was really kind of gratifying to, to look at how much I've had to grow up and mature and take responsibility for myself um, let go of responsibility for others. <laughs> On Thursday, I went to a meeting and we talked about the first step, um, which is we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Um, that's always a great step for me to talk about. 
it's a step I have to practice every single day. And it's easy for me to forget how unmanageable my life was and can become, especially when I forget the first step. And I don't want to say that I forget it, but when I don't put it in the forefront of my mind. And Friday night was really great. We read out of the Courage to Change book. Um, What I took away from that meeting was that patience, just patience. You know, I want the answers and I want the answers now. And people were saying, I want the answers yesterday. I get that too. (laughs) And that, that, that idea of more will be revealed that, that I don't have to have the answers today. That sometimes if I had the answers, it might be too much for me Mm -hmm. to handle. So, so I left that meeting actually feeling really grateful that I don't have to know everything and I don't have to know everything right now. So it was, um, it's been a, it's been a good week. A lot of, a lot of really great meetings to be grateful for. So wonderful. Hmm. What about you, Patrick? So about like 10 days ago, I took a the MCAT, which is like a, like a admissions test for medical school. And, uh, so a lot of last week was a little bit about mentally and emotionally recovering from it kind of, um, and, you know, part of me just wants to be totally unfazed with, like, whatever's going on in my life, just kind of ride the spiritual, like, kind of just above all the fray. And it's almost like I try to do that for a couple of days and then just kind of hit a wall, like, where, I don't know, I was just ready to start sharing about or recognizing within myself that, like, uh, I am, you know, I am nervous, I am anxious, yada, yada, yada. And then, look, I had also booked this ticket, like, six months ago to go to India. Like, and I had timed it to, like, I'd have a couple weeks after the MCAT to, like, hang out in Ann Arbor, and then I'm going to go to India. And um, I'd set up a, uh, like, kind of an internship where I'd work in, like, a rural clinic. Um, and I set it up with a friend, and uh, it totally fell through. Like, I don't know exactly where the lines got crossed, but, um, you know, for one reason or another things did not go according to plan. And um, I guess I wanted to say that I like it, I wasn't phased by that either. Or I wasn't worrying about it. But I guess I was like, well, now my purpose for going isn't the same. And I was like, well, I could just go and hang out and like backpack because I've done that before and I like love backpacking. And I don't know, it was just kind of like, I just kind of got up in my head about that and the MCAT. You know, you don't find out about the MCAT for like a month. And uh so, you know, I don't like uncertainty or whatever. So it just seemed like there was a bunch of things that kind of came together. And uh, so we're, I think it was like Monday night. That Monday night, that story I shared about the uh, the guy and the cigarette thing and then me talking to the cigarette guy. And then it just kind of all went away, you know, just kind of me re- relating someone else in a meeting, just kind of took care of that. And I was kind of amazed listening to you guys that you could like recount what the topics were at meetings. Because for me, I was like, wow, how do you do that? Like, for me, it's a little bit of a blur. Um, so, yeah, Tuesday. I like my Tuesday meeting because I get to see a couple uh, other guys that I like being around. And, you know, we talk about hockey and give each other crap. And I used to be the cleanup chair for the meeting or whatever. So I, like, showed the new cleanup guy how to, like, take the trash out. And uh, what was Wednesday? 
Oh, Bill's house. I go to this old dude's house. <laughs> no big deal, nothing weird, you know. Just a guy's house in the woods by the golf course. Um, anyway, that's great. That's been like one of my favorite favorite meetings or whatever. And then, um, yeah, Thursday I've been sitting at a uh, big book table ever since I moved to Ann Arbor. So it's been about two and a half years. And uh, me and this other guy, John, kind of... I mean, we kind of guide the meeting or whatever because um, we're the only people that are there week after week after week. And it's just awesome. It's been such a charade of different characters <laughs> coming in and out and wacky. You know, it's it's kind of like this podcast a little bit in that there's no – we just read paragraph by paragraph and then talk about it, but it's like totally an open discussion and anything can happen. We had this one guy with like a brain – injury who would like kind of threaten people and stuff and so we like took a group conscience about like what to do about that because like no one knew it was kind of awkward and stuff and we're like we can't throw him out you know no one gets thrown out but it's like well is he serious yada yada and there's this other guy coming to the table for a while who like couldn't walk and like didn't have a wheelchair he can't be in a wheelchair so we just lie on a bench it's just it's been really kind of wild then friday instead of going my normal meeting i did my taxes you know, because sometimes you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> and it's part of recovery. <laughs> sometimes for, you just got to pay the Except this year, I'm not paying the government. They're paying me. You. All right. Because I've been uh, an outstanding citizen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, my financial guy, he finally sold a bunch of these crappy penny stocks I bought like six or seven years ago. I was just basically straight up gambling on the on the stock exchange. I lost about $15,000, so that helped me get a uh, tax that night. I basically didn't have a job, and I was a full-time student. So you add up all that, and it's like, wow, the government's paying me just to be here. Gratitude. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's the kind of gratitude that I expected in the old days, right? Just, you know? straight, just living off the cheese. <laughs> Winning the IRS lottery here. And, uh... <laughs> Patrick out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, okay, I want to say this one thing, too, because I haven't quite decided what I'm going to do about the India thing. I'm I'm really leaning toward just staying here. i got to decide in the next three days. But the crazy thing I was talking to about a friend, and I think this totally relates to the topic, is that, like, I'm not, it's like, it's almost like for the first time in my life, and as a direct result of this program, like, I'm not itching to be hiking. Like, I'm not itching to be, like, going to India or going to Peru or whatever. And the crazy thing about my life is that, like, I legitimately like it. Like, I like waking up in my apartment with my girlfriend, with her stupid dog <laughs> that I've learned to love. And, like, I like, I don't know, it's crazy. Like, I just, I'm content with my life. And um, I feel like I'm going to regret saying that because sometimes stuff boomerangs if i'm feeling too prideful about it but Evil eye. i am really happy like with where i'm at and that's um wild for me so thanks patrick i don't know how i'm gonna follow that um i'm just gonna go boring with this so uh i started off monday with that the same meeting that kate was mentioning with maturity and i, I realized i'm not that mature <laughs> And, um, uh, yeah, I really liked something someone said at the meeting really, I don't remember a ton about that meeting, but something someone said at that meeting really resonated with me. And she said, she said that 
she always thought maturity was like a responsibility to other people. And then when she did her fourth step on maturity, that she realized that it involved a responsibility to herself and that that was somewhere that she was pretty deficient and that maybe that means that she wasn't that mature. And I really, that really resonated with me a lot. And on Wednesdays, I went to the Just for Today Wednesday meeting um, that Spencer, Spencer, you were there. You mentioned that, right? Yeah. And yeah, they were talking about fourth step and uh, I thought it was a really fun meeting. Like half the people there were like, oh, it was awesome when we finished it. And the other half of the people, the ones that hadn't done it, were like, this is going to suck. Oh my God, this is going to be so hard. And um, it, was just, it was just really interesting to see both sides of it. <laughs> I remember how I felt before I did my fourth step and how I felt after and how I still feel before I do a fourth step <laughs> and how I still feel after. And um, uh, it was really nice to hear. And Friday, um, yeah, we did the, we did the reading out of the Courage to Change book for April 12th. And, um, I, I really liked that too. It definitely talked about patience. Um, I also heard a lot of shares there where they were talking about having compassion and, and just, and just letting things unfold and having compassion for yourself and other people while they are. And then Saturday, I went to St. Joe's Open Talk. And I really loved that open talk. There was a lot of laughing. <laughs> were you, were, was anybody else there? No? Pat, Pat you were there. I was yeah. driving back. You were driving back. It was funny. It was I went really, to high school with the guy, so. Oh, <laughs> it was really fun um, listening to him. And uh, I, I liked one of the things that he said that really stuck out was that um, we have such a tendency to listen to people who don't uh, don't have our best interest at heart, but the people that do, the people that are telling us, you know, maybe write a gratitude list or maybe, you know, do a fourth step. We're just like, oh, fuck that. No, I don't, I'm not doing that. That sounds terrible. Whereas the people that are like, maybe you should tell that person what to do and, you know, fix his life for him. We're like, yeah, we, yeah, I should. I should. I should fix this person's life for him. I should tell this guy what to do. Um, that person I listened to. And um, it was just really interesting to hear that we generally listen, or more likely to listen to the people that don't have our best interests at heart. And then there's today. And then there's <laughs> and today. And here I was at the podcast. So Indeed. That's, Indeed. that's that. That's what I had with my meetings. So our topic next week will be forcing solutions. I'm really good at that. So I'm excited about next week's topic. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to um, force it to be good. <laughs> we're going to force it. Um, we welcome your thoughts. You can join the conversation. Please leave a voicemail or send us an email with your experience or questions about forcing solutions. Spencer, how can people send us feedback? Hey, you can call and leave us a voicemail. And, you know, not too many people are taking advantage of that opportunity. That's okay. Um, you know, it's actually easier to deal with your email. But if you want to put your voice in, and we can actually put your voice into the podcast, if you call 734-707-8795, you can put the podcast on pause right now if you got something you want to say. Join the conversation at 734-707-8795. And if you prefer not to use your voice, you can send email to feedback at com. We'd love to hear from you, share your experience, strength, and hope, or your questions about today's topic of gratitude or next week's topic of forcing solutions. If you have a topic you'd like to talk about, let us know. And we have heard from some people with suggested topics. And, you know, there's a there's a topic list on the website that um, you can go look at if you don't, you know, maybe you're not sure exactly what the ideas are that we're looking at. Um, so, hey, Kate, where can our listeners find out more about The Recovery Show? Our website, therecoveryshow.com, has all the information about the show, including notes for each episode, a blog with daily meditations, links to the music we play, and a page to which we periodically post recordings of Al-Anon open talk speakers. We've also got a few links to other recovery podcasts and websites that we like. 
Another way to contribute to the content of the podcast and the website is to leave comments on the show notes or on the blog. Just hop on over to therecoveryshow.com and enter the conversation there. Hey, we did get some email this week. We got um, several emails, in fact. Um, Carla sent us a note about last week's topic, which was step four. And, you know, um, she wanted it to come before we recorded that show. Um, and I really appreciate it, Carla, uh, because um, it would have been great to incorporate that. Unfortunately, we recorded the show a day early. And uh, and so we didn't get her note until after it came. But we'll, we'll get it in this week. Um, and Patrick, could you read that for us? Yeah. Hello, dearest fellow members of The Recovery Show. I just reviewed and rated the show on iTunes. Thank you all for the love you put into making, maintaining, contributing, and sharing the show. An amazing job of it, by the way. That is basically what I wanted to write to you, but I take this chance to figure out something to say about Step 4. My name is Carla, and I listen to you from Central Mexico. That's great. Uh, One page that I really identify with on this topic, From Courage to Change, is the 11th of September. Here's an example followed by my share on it. Uh, Step 4 offers me a chance to find some balance. It helps me to identify the things I've been telling myself about myself and to learn whether or not these things are true. Today, I will take one of the assumptions about myself and hold it up to the light. I may find that it seems stems from habit rather than reality. Okay, this is a share. I've been in the program somewhat uh, constantly for the last two years, although I've known about it for 12 years, since I was 15. Ever since I knew about the program, I've wanted to do a fourth step, I even bought the small Blueprint for Progress book about two years ago and never got beyond the first section. One possibility is that I wanted to do my fourth step right away because a big part of me always thought, quote, there's something wrong with me and I am the cause of my unhappiness or perhaps inability to be happy. I've been in a lot of emotional pain since very young and am not ready to face all of it just yet. Uh, No doubt due to the physical, emotional, and spiritual family disease of alcoholism, which for me includes not ever knowing what to do with the feeling of pain or any feeling. I am in some way now glad or understanding that I haven't had uh, the chance to do a fourth step. My own circumstances, low self-esteem, non-relationship with a power greater than myself that I trust, as in steps one through three, and inability to be gentle with myself would have contributed to perhaps a painful and unmanageable situation. At least that is what I'm willing to think right now. So in this sense, I do understand the order for the first three steps coming first. I only fairly recently got a sponsor and have not yet uh, met so regularly with her and still find it hard to make phone calls for a couple of reasons. But as the topic of the last podcast, I am trusting the process and know that Uh, I will take a searching and fearless inventory when I'm ready, ready to let my higher power do it with me because I can't do it alone. However, as I work the program, I am little by little becoming more ready to see myself as I really am and I've gotten to see parts of me with compassion that I had not seen before. As I expected, this has brought me peace in some way. Fighting with my unrealistic notions and expectations of myself has been one of the most difficult battles with the family disease of alcoholism for me. So now I do not fight or hurry, but turn these unrealistic and unkind self-perceptions over to the greater, gentle power as I understand. 
Thanks for reading that, Patrick. And Carla, thanks for that, that email. It, it's really a, a wonderful share. Thank you, Carla. And we have a couple more emails. This is from Diana. Diana writes, I commented before on just being grateful for finding your podcast. I was so excited at the time I had to write. Now I'm listening to all past podcasts and found you may address questions and or share your experience. I am struggling with detachment and boundaries. I am a mother of a 31-year-old who is an alcoholic. Long story short, there is always a lot of history. I do go to meetings. However, I really struggle with this. He is currently homeless and prayerfully close to a breakthrough. He is attending meetings and working, but it so hurts my heart. I don't know how to be supportive and not enabling. I want to talk about I guess I should call it what it is, and that's advice. Maybe I just listen. Can I ask how his program is? No, right. Can I make suggestions? I don't know what I should and should not say or do. P.S. I can't wait to go to my Monday meeting to share your podcast. Wow. Thanks, Diana. And and I have a little bit uh, of, of news for you um, in a minute. Um, we got one more email from Tom. Maybe, Swathi, you could read that. Sure. Um, Tom writes, listen to a recent episode on step four. I liked it. You're doing a great job and offering a wonderful service. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Um, and, and as with Diana, you know, we've been hearing from a number of people, uh, who have children who are afflicted by this disease and, and none of us who regularly participate in the podcast have that experience. And, and so we've been thinking about how to address your questions and, uh, here's what we came up with in a, in a couple of weeks on May 2nd, we're going to record a round table featuring about six parents who have found help through the program in the 12 steps. And they'll talk about their experience, strength, and hope. And if you have questions you'd like to have addressed, and we have some questions already from Diana, please send them to us. Uh, you know, feedback at therecoveryshow.com by email, or you can leave a voicemail at 734-707-8795. And, and do that before May 2nd. That's when we're recording it, although it probably won't go up onto the website till a few days later um, because of my travel schedule. And uh, I also would like to thank those of you who left new reviews on iTunes. And, and to make a request, if you found value from our podcast, please go to iTunes and find The Recovery Show and rate us. You can just rate us with some stars. You can do that anonymously. If you think we rate five stars, please do it. Uh, if you think we, you know, rate less than that, well, be honest and do it too. Um, and, and if you can also write a short review, then th- thank you for that. That's even better. Because every rating and every review helps to make the show more visible to those people who are looking for help and recovery. It's not about our ego, really. Not very much. <laughs> um, uh, and for example, I, we had several several uh, reviews this week, and, and Chloe uh, wrote, I am home a lot right now with my new baby, and finding your podcast has really helped me feel connected to other people in recovery. Very honest and funny. Thank you for putting this show together. And I just say thank you, Chloe, and I'm glad that you find us funny. You know, we don't really do it on purpose. It just happens. <laughs> um, I, I certainly wouldn't want to try to be a comedian. And uh, we're going to close the show with a song, um, and I, I keep forgetting the name of this. It's called uh, Can't Hold Us, and it's by Macklemore and Lewis. And I was listening to this song yesterday as I was driving, and it just was such an upbeat song. It It just felt... Like he was full of happiness and gratitude for whatever it was in his life at the moment. And I think the, the lyric that, that is repeated several times in the song that really, um, helps to put that feeling over to me is, is, uh, uh, 
tonight is the night, we'll fight till it's over. So we put our hands up like the ceiling can't hold us, like the ceiling can't hold us. And the first time I actually heard this song, it was on a um, a tiny desk concert podcast from NPR Music, which has video. And he actually got up on the desk, he was dancing on the desk and, and almost pushing the ceiling out of the way as he was dancing. And, and me being the sort of worrisome person that I am, I was just sure the desk was going to collapse and it was going to all end in disaster, but it didn't. Um, and it, he just looked so happy doing it. So here we go. Hey, hey, hey. Come on, let's go. Yeah, let's go. All right, all right, okay. Uh, all right, okay, all right, okay. Return to the Mac. Get up, what it is, what it does, what it is, what it isn't. Looking for a better way to get up out of bed instead of getting on the internet and checking a new hit me. Get up, first shot, come strut walking. A little bit of humble, a little bit of cautious. Somewhere between like Rocky and Cosby's for the game. Nope, nope, y'all can't copy up. Bad, moonwalking, and this here is our party. My posse's been on Broadway, and we did it all way. Grown music, I shed my skin and put my bones into everything I record to it. And yeah, I'm on. Let that stage light go and shine on down. Soup game and plinko in my style Money, stay on my craft and stick around for those pounds But I do that to pass the torch and put on for my town Trust me, on my I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T shit hustling Chasing dreams since I was 14 with the four track bussin' Halfway across that city with the back, 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 question Labels out here, now they can't tell me nothing We give that to the people, spread it across the country Labels out here, now they can't tell me nothing We give it to the people, spread it across the country Can we go back, this is the moment Tonight is the night, we'll fight till it's over So we put our hands up like the ceiling can't hold us Like the ceiling can't hold us Can we go back, this is the moment Thank you for listening and please keep coming back Whatever your problems are, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about a problem you are facing today, feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding, love, and peace grow in you one day at a time. I'm so damn grateful. I grew up really wanting gold fronts, but that's what you get when Wu-Tang raised you. Y'all can't stop me. Go hard like I got an 808 in my heartbeat. And I'm eating at the beat like it gave a little speed to a great white shark on shark. We rock. Time to go off. I'm gone. Two says goodbye. I got a world to see. And my girl, she want to see Rome. See, so make you a believer now. I never ever did it for a throne. That validation comes from giving it back to the people now. Sing this song and it goes like... Raise those hands, this is our party We came here to live life like nobody was watching I got my city right behind me If I thought they got me, learn from that failure Gain humility and then we keep marching Can I we said, go back, this is the moment Tonight is the night